It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. This episode is brought to you by Citizen CBD, a premier manufacturer of high-quality hemp-based CBD products. They're passionate about veterans experiencing PTSD, cancer, and other serious health issues. Grant Carstensen found himself among one in eight veterans affected by PTSD, unable to idly stand by and watch countless others unnecessarily suffer from the same fate. Grant took his painful experience with PTSD and transformed it into the positive movement of hope that is now citizen. Use code HUFF 25 huff 25 at checkout and receive 25% off your complete order of great CBD products. Again, that code is huff 25 for 25% off your order at citizencbd.com. Welcome to episode 11 of the Ted Hub Show. We have Kyle Stewart on. He's a Marine combat veteran and professional mixed martial arts fighter. Shortly after filming this episode, he received the call. You know, the call that every MMA fighter dreams of. It was the call up to the UFC for his debut fight on January 19, 2019 in Brooklyn, New York. In this episode, Kyle shares his journey from riding the bench through high school and how the Marine Corps taught him how to build the mental toughness needed to make it to the UFC. Thank you for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, I know you're training for an upcoming fight, so that's. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be able to, to get you to take time out of that training. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. So what's going on with you now, the fight that you're training for? Uh, kind of give us some background on that, and then we'll we'll roll back a little bit and, and talk a little bit about your history and how you got into, got into the mixed martial arts. For me, it's like a big thing. It's the new year. It's the new fight of the year. I'm turning 30, and it's like, wow. You know, it's crazy. I, I think about it sometimes, and I'm like, Damn, my career, like, I don't want to be fighting after 35 unless I'm, you know, I don't see, uh, I don't see that in the future. Me, I, I, the way I look at it, I got like maybe four years left in my career to continue fighting before it's time to open another chapter and move on to something else. But, um, it's crazy to think about. I've been fighting for so long now. My career is, I'm not even in the UFC yet. I'm like, well, my career is probably more than halfway over. I'm ranked number five. Um, so you know, I've I've fought uh, three guys that were ranked in the top ten already, and there's not a single other person in the top ten that has fought a single other person in the top ten, and I've fought three. This oh, will be wow. the third one. So you know, I don't. That's something I've always taken pride in. It's the guys that I fight. Like I, I don't fight. A lot of guys go out there and be like, "Oh, I'm ten and zero or whatever," and mm-hmm. but they beat a bunch of what they call tomato cans, you yeah. know. And I'm like, I've been fighting tough guys since since my first professional fight, you know. Yeah, because you're right. As as we're recording this, you're you're eleven and one. Yep, eleven and one. Eleven wins and one loss. And 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 out of those three that were in the top ten, where do they fall in that eleven and one? Um, the the three that are in the top that were in the top yeah. ten. I fought the number one guy. That was my one loss. Um, hey, he, no one better to lose to yeah. than the number one guy. Yeah, we're actually teammates now. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I I moved gyms. I'm at the gym that he's at now, the MMA lab in Glendale. 
And uh, so, I mean, if that's the one guy you lost to and he's an absolute stud, there's nothing really to hang your head on. And then I fought the um, the guy that is ranked number six. I'm ranked number five. I already beat him, Jaleel Willis. He was 8-0 when I fought him. He was 10-0 as an amateur. He had 18-0 combined in MMA as an amateur and a, and a pro. Um, so I fought Jaleel Willis. I beat him. Hopefully, the fact that I fought these top-ranked guys will bu- will bump me up. Because uh, you can you can get a good record fighting middle-of-the-road guys. Mm-hmm. But when you look at, okay, what's your record? Okay, now who have you fought? When I can cross all those boxes out and solidify my position to get into the UFC, you know, I think that's something that they look at is not only does he have a really good record, but he's been fighting really tough guys the whole time. So he's ready to go right now against anybody yeah. we put him against. So that that's interesting because that isn't something you – you pick up along the way that that's something that's innately in who you are what what would what would you think was your first memory that you can think of of when you decided to do the harder thing or do something that that other people thought was crazy what, what's your so first you memory about, you mean that? about fighting the quality opponents but yeah well that but but um, in, i mean that that's that's a that's a life like that's a, that's a lifestyle. You not doing the easiest thing, not doing the things that are expected, not just doing it to get the numbers. So I'm assuming that goes further back than just your I guess fighting. It just comes more with with. Um, there's a lot of guys that you can fake the funk and look pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of people that can that that can. Uh, sometimes we call them pretend fighters, right? right. Like I'm not a pretend fighter. So, so what? What do you think was a, a pivotal moment in your life in general? Not just fighting, but in your life in general, that that made you go, "I'm not the type of person to fake the funk." Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Can you a can, specific time? I honestly just feel like it's always it's always been there. It's kind of always been that way. Like yeah. I don't. Um, uh, yeah, I've, ne- I've never looked for – not that I've – I've always – I guess I've gravitated towards adversity. Or I, I look at adversity different than, than most people, you know, and I've had a lot of adversity, especially throughout my – I mean, since I was 18, my life's been an adventure. When I was 18, I was in the joined the Marine Corps. I was in the Marine Corps for eight years, three combat deployments to Afghanistan, been all over the Wait, world. Wait, how many years? I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. Okay, and how many deployments? Three. Okay, yeah. Just, just so everybody <laughs> understands. I mean, that that's that's a pretty heavy duty yeah. deployment cycle. And I was I was an infantry machine gunner too. I guess that kind of goes right along it with the whole. Does, you know, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, it's there's a lot of people that are in the military. Not trying to beat down anybody who mm-hmm. was in the military but wasn't in the infantry. Well, and, and um, my, my my time in the army, I was uh, part of mechanized infantry unit, rapid deployment, 82nd Airborne Corps. Yeah. So so I completely understand. You the, understand, like yeah. The there's like a lot of people in the military, you know. But um, no, I was I was a machine gunner, man. I was the one. Uh, I was the one chewing the dirt, filling the sandbags. Um, I was the one on patrol, the one in the gunfights. I was the one that was me, man. Um, which is a hell of an adventure. That's the way I see it, man. Not many people. There's things that I did in the Marine Corps that I look back and certain days, certain, either whether it was a firefight, whether it was crazy things happen. And I look back and I'll watch a movie, like a movie where people are shooting each other in a war movie. And I'm just like into it. And I'm like, 
I lived that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to me, That's it's like crazy. It makes it wow. You know. Um, but anyways, when I was getting back to the adversity, I've, I've had a lot of adversity since since I was 18 years old, whether it was in the Marine Corps or in the fight game. And I feel like I've I seek it out, you know, like I want that. That's a really important. I think it's an important thing thing in life is everybody seeks to be comfortable, but um, everybody seeks to have things. Everybody wants to have money. Everybody wants to have security. But like, I don't think we're built to be house cats. I don't think we as human beings are built to be comfortable. Right, right. Um, I think we're built to always want more, to always want to do more, to always want to overcome things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's when people talk about having the nine to five job and doing the same thing every day, but you, you get your bills paid, but you don't have time to really travel or see your, you know, like, I don't think a lot, I think that, uh, I, I can't live that life, you know? So that's why it's weird. I went from being in the Marine Corps, uh, not knowing where you're going to be this month, next month, the month afterwards, uh, from the time I got in the Marine Corps to the time I got out, you know, it was always an adventure going somewhere. And now it's living on the edge. Okay. When's my next fight? Who am I preparing for? Uh, what are we working this week? Showing up with the team. And it's just like, I've, I've never lived, I've never lived that comfortable like i know what tomorrow brings you know type of a life so how what was it that um they got you to join the marine corps i know for me it was i i was disappointed in something i wasn't able to accomplish so for me the 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 army was i didn't know what to do next so i took the next step for something that that I, i i knew was a commitment that i had to do and it forced me to really think about things, and that's why I did it. Why did you join the Marine Corps? Man, uh, my dad was uh, my dad is a Marine. Uh, he's a Vietnam veteran, 0311. He was an infantry. My dad was an infantryman. <laughs> my grandfather was an infantryman in the Army during World War II. He was doing, during the, uh, doing the island hopping campaign after he met my grandmother. My dad's a Vietnam vet, an infantryman. Um, 0311 rifleman in Vietnam. Um, he was actually wounded in Vietnam. Uh, I was an infantryman in Afghanistan. My younger brother after me was an infantryman in Afghanistan and Iraq. So, but some, I think some of it, you know, you could say it was my dad influence. My dad never told us to join the Marine Corps. My dad never told it. He never, never once even really suggested it. But I think it was, uh, it was two things. It was just how much respect I had for my dad. You know, one day I want my kids to look up to me and see me the way that I see my dad. And then it's that same thing. Like I've always wanted adventure. I've always, you know, uh, I've always wanted that, um, not knowing what, what, what's, what's happening tomorrow. I've always wanted to, you know, not to say cheesy, not to be super cheesy and no, I don't think any real vets would call themselves heroes, but I wanted to be my own hero. I mm-hmm. wanted to, I wanted to go to third world countries and fight the bad guys. <laughs> You know, I think every little kid wants to do that. Right. I just still wanted to do it when I was an adult. (laughs) That's cool. Now, it's interesting because everybody has their own story, especially us veterans always have our own story, how we got into the into the service. And, you know, for 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 myself, I I come from a family of of military veterans as well. My father, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather also was in World War Two. Yeah. Air Force, not not Marines or Army, but he World was Air War Force. II? World War II. Should have been the U.S. Army Air Corps then. It was. Yep. It was, yes. Um, and so, 
you know, he, I'm I'm proud to say he was one of the first um, chief master sergeants in the Air Force. Yeah, because he made that transition over. Uh-huh. But for me, you know, I I was I was early in my life. I didn't want to I didn't want to do it just because they did. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I wanted to do it because it's something I wanted to do because I knew I needed that focus. I needed that. I needed someone. Although my parents did a great job, um, I needed someone to force me into the discipline. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that I was missing as a child and as a kid. My parents let me do that, and they gave me discipline, and they gave me that focus. But the military takes it to another level. Uh, People always ask the question, like, what connect your time in the military to your, how did you transition from being in the Marine Corps to fighting in MMA? How did you make that connection? And I always tell people like, look, the, the Marine Corps gave me way more than I ever gave back to it. You know? And I think if everybody was completely honest, they would say the same thing. You know, but a lot of people want to beat their chest and I'm a veteran and you know, like, like there's some sort of hero or something. Those those are the douchebags. Um, but it gave me way more than than uh, than I was ever ever able to give back to me. Not, it didn't give me more. It made me earn more than I had ever earned. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It made me endure. That's when I say when people seek adversity, like, man, I had to endure a lot on my deployments, from the combat to the no sleep to the being self reliable to the being relied upon by others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that really, I mean, I was an 18-year-old kid. I tell myself this, when I turned 28, on my 28th birthday, eight years before I was, or 10 years before, I'm not good at math, 10 years before I was 18, and I would tell people, because I was already a successful mixed martial artist, I'd tell people, if I could go back 10 years and tell 18-year-old Kyle Stewart that just graduated boot camp, or just graduated high school, getting ready to go to boot camp, if I go back and tell 18-year-old Kyle Stewart, hey, you're going to join the Marine Corps, you're going to be an infantry Marine. You're going to go on three combat deployments to Afghanistan. You're going to go to Thailand, Okinawa, the Philippines, Singapore. You're going to, uh, people are going to try and kill you. You're going to, you're going to, <laughs> you're going to get a, shot at. You're going to get shot at. Um, you're going to lose loved ones. You're going to kill people. You're going to, um, everything you saw the Everything that you think about when going to war, that's going to happen to you. And you're going to survive and you're going to be better because of it. Uh, when you're done with that, you're going to become a professional mixed martial artist. You're going to b- work yourself up to a 10-0 and record. You know, you're going to destroy. You're going to knock people out in seven seconds. You're going to – whole freaking rooms of people are going to uh, explode when you knock somebody unconscious. And people are going to believe in you and people are going to cheer for you. And, you know, you're going to – you know – because you feel kind of like the man, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, if, I'd, if, if I'd have met, if you were to connect 18-year-old Kyle and 28-year-old Kyle, I'm almost 30 now, but if you were to connect them 10 years apart, they're two totally different people. Yeah. And that's what I say that the Marine Corps gave me, is if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I'd never be fighting in mixed martial arts. Never. I would have never had the freaking... I've been a martial artist my whole life since I was five years old. started doing karate. I was obsessed with it. But I never would have had, like, the intestinal fortitude to be like, look, let's do this, you know? Um, and I, that's interesting you bring that up because I was just talking to another one of my guests. And we are talking about the, the military background and, and that as well. And it's interesting. I start to start... I'm starting to find a kind of a, a theme. I have a lot of veterans on 
that are coming on. Um, and the discussion we had was like, I went into the military completely no self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could do anything right. I didn't think I could finish anything. Yeah. I didn't think anything. I rode the bench in high school. I rode the bench when I played football. I rode the bench throughout high school. I played in like, I was on the football team, right? There I was 20 high school football games that I could have played in. I played in like six, right? Because I just, when I when we ran our 40-yard dash times, when we did our bench press and our max squat, it was like as a, as a 15, 16-year-old kid, I would see that and be like, well, these kids are stronger than me. These kids are faster than me. That means that they're better than me. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I completely get that. That means that they're better athletes, they're better specimens, they're more qualified to be on that football field than me, you know, just because they're stronger. Stronger meant better. Faster meant better, you know, and I fucking loved football. Um, and so I rode the bench throughout high school, and then when it came down to the end of the season, um, first off, this is where at that point in time – I was of the mindset of this is the hand that I've been dealt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of the person that this is what happened to me. My life is this way because this, because I'm not fast, I'm not strong, because I'm not smart. I got bad grades in school. Um, my dad was a teacher at the school that I went to. Oh, shit. I got a D in his class. <laughs> I got a D in my dad's class. And my dad would just shake his head at me. Um, but I was ineligible for the last three or four games of my senior season of football. You know, I love football. You know, I didn't play. I just love being on the team. I love being around the guys. I felt like a cool kid, you know. Yeah. I was like the biggest cheerleader from the sidelines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I became ineligible. And I was so angry with my dad because the reason why I was ineligible was because... Of his D. Because No, not because of his D, but because I wanted to drop a class that I didn't need. It was a biology class. I wanted to drop a biology class, right? And he wouldn't sign off on it. And I was like, Dad, I don't need this class. It's extra work that I have to do, and I don't need it to graduate. It's literally just I'm wasting my time in it, so let me drop this class, and then I won't have to worry about doing this because I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail this class and become ineligible. And he's like, no, you won't. Get it done. And I was so mad at him because I failed that class. And of that mindset at that time, I blamed him. I blamed my dad. I was like, you should have let me drop that class. I told you I was going to fail the class. When in reality, at that point in time, that immature mindset as a 17-year-old, I was blaming him. But now as an adult, the reason why I failed that class is because there was homework and assignments and projects and stuff that I just didn't do. I just right. didn't care enough to do them. Right. Now I take ownership of that, and that showed me something. Now, you know, fast forward to almost 30-year-old Kyle, I, I see the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, so would you say that that's, that's probably, in your mind's eye, the, the failure, the biggest failure that you've had that really changed your mindset? No, definitely not. I've had a lot of failures. But that, was, uh, that goes along with, that was, uh, I was trying to make a really good point. Going back to. Sorry. I <laughs> know oh, you're good. Going back. Okay. So that was, that was me in high school. I was a kid that right. rode the bench. Then when you, t- I went to boot camp, I joined the Marine Corps. When I said it was the reason why I changed is because it forced me to rely on myself. It forced me to own my own okay. mistakes. It forced Taking me to be like, yeah. look, I can't blame other people for this. Cause I, uh, when I went to boot camp, it was kind of the same story. I was still that loser, right? I was still that kid that, and I wasn't a loser because I was a loser. I was a loser because I accepted being a loser. You okay. know what I'm saying? 
I was a loser because I went to boot camp and it took me 28 minutes to run the three mile, the PFT, the three mile, it took mm-hmm. me 28 minutes and I did six pull-ups, right? That was, I could only do six pull-ups. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Grown man could only do six pull-ups. And, um, I, I barely made it. I mean, I, so, so they, the 10 was the minimum and I did 11. Wow. So you made it. You barely, barely made it. Barely yeah. made it. Yeah. So, uh. And then even my first, my first, probably my first two years in the Marine Corps were horrible. I just get beat up all the time just because like I would do stupid things, you know? And, um, but it wasn't the, the Marine Corps will make or break people. Mm -hmm. It will, you will completely, you will completely give up or you will become something special. And I was just one of the lucky ones to became something special. So about two years into the Marine Corps, you know, my first deployment was really rough, um, even with the other Marines that were around me, like I, like I felt like I was trying to, I almost felt like I was trying to be something that I wasn't, you know, I was just like, man, I'm not supposed to be here. These guys, once again, these guys are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. You know, I shouldn't be in here. Right. And, um, fuck, if you want to narrow it down, honestly, coming down to like combat. Um, I remember my first firefight ever, my v- my team leader, my vehicle commander, who I haven't seen in, since I got, I haven't seen him since he got out of the Marine Corps. I have no idea where he is in life. Um, he's one of the ones who used to whoop my ass, man. <laughs> like, he used to, like, whoop my ass. Um, and um, we were getting in a gunfight, and uh, I was scared, man, because that shit's real. You know, um, like I said, you can see it in movies, but when when uh people are actually shooting at you and it's actually real and there's real things exploding and real ieds were going off and we were on we were on this uh we were on this road this dirt road and we had six hit six different ieds all with mine rollers nobody was hurt um but shit's blown up and it's just like that could be if that hits our truck we're dead if one of those hits our truck ied goes off and Tires and stuff are flying 400 feet up into the air. You know, it's like right. if one of those hits us, we're going to die. And it's just something you have to accept. And they were out fixing one of the mine rollers. The guys up in front of us were fixing one of the mine rollers. So we're all stopped. Mobility. It's a mobility killer. We, we are stopped. And then we get ambushed and they start shooting us. And I'm like, yo, this is real. Like RPGs are hitting the ground in front of our truck. And I'm scared shitless. And I see my vehicle commander and he's screaming, shoot me, motherfucker. And he's just losing his shit. But, like, I wasn't screaming, shoot me. I was like, no, don't shoot me. I was scared. <laughs> yeah. You know? And um, that changed me a lot. Like, seeing him do that made me be like, screw it, you know? Um, so, me seeing him do that, coming back, I grew up a lot, you know? I had made it through a lot. I had survived a lot. I had been through a lot. And I started to believe in myself because I had c- overcome so much adversity already, right? Mm-hmm. Then fast forward another year or two down the road, I'm starting to transition. I went from like that horrible boot, boot marine, brand marine, brand new marine that nobody wanted around to like a, a guy that a lot of people liked around. I, I was a team leader. Later on, fast forward down the down the road, became a squad leader. Became um, before I got out of the out of the Marine Corps. I was a squad leader right before I got out. I was feeling for as a section leader, platoon leader at, at sort, certain times. But uh, I transitioned from in that time from that 18-year-old kid that rode the bench in high school to that boot marine that nobody wanted around, and there was just that confidence. Like I was not confident in myself. To a leader. To a leader, right? 
and understanding that like now I'm in the role of that guy who is screaming, let's go motherfucker. And there's this scared kid that relies on me, that needs me, that needs to see me not be fearful. Because no if I'm scared, scared he's like, scared. He's you know what scared, I'm saying? Yeah. And so that changed me a lot, you know? And having gone through so much on the multiple deployments, there's just a transformation period. I think I think people train. I had this conversation the other day. I think people transform about every five years. Who you are five you right now is not who you're going to be five years from now. You can be a, you can, things will happen. You'll be a different person. Um, and so fast forward, getting into uh, more towards the end of my Marine Corps career, I had a lot of confidence. You know, I was no longer doing six pull-ups. I was doing 30 pull-ups right. because I started to believe, well, I'm, I'm a leader. I need to be the one that does the most. I, instead of being the kid that's fallen out of the run, right. I was the one that was leading the run. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one that's like, and I would see the kids fall out and I would feed off of their weakness and be like, look, that used to be me. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm, I'm a winner now. I'm a stud now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that would motivate me and I would, uh, I'd push them further. And um, then I had always done martial arts since I was a kid. I've loved martial arts. It's like been like the thing that tugs at my heart, right? And um, I had the confidence to start competing in martial arts and mixed martial arts because of what i had gone through in the marine corps you know um but that's what i always tell people what the marine corps gave to me the most is the confidence to the confidence and the ability to believe in myself and through what i had gone through you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um so that's where i say 17 year old me was like the victim that's why i get so angry when i hear people talking about excuses and people making excuses for why they're at in their lives and while well, i'm this way because of this this happened to me and now i'm stuck here right because that was me when i was 17 you know that was me i was yeah. the one that was just like this you know kind of like the poor me kind of a guy and then when I was in the Marine Corps, I was told nobody gives a fuck. Nobody feels bad for you. Do your job. Yeah. No, it, no one I, cares. And that was yeah. beaten to my head over and over and over until I was literally just saying, nobody gives a fuck. Like, nobody cares. Like, and I had to keep picking myself up. And um, I became... I'll, I became more successful. And the more successful I became, the more successful I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because now you're looking at the guy who at my amateur. Well, you gained that momentum, right? Exactly. I look at, uh, I was getting out of the Marine Corps. I was nine and one as an amateur in mixed martial arts. And I looked back and I was like, you know what? Thinking back to the kid that was 17, 18 years old, that was a loser, right? And I was like, I would never think that I would be good at fight. I mean, I, I, amateur fights are, are fights. You're in a cage. There's about a thousand people surrounding the cage, depending on the casino that you're in. And they're all watching and cheering, going crazy. And people get knocked out. It's real, you know? And I was like, it, that momentum had built, right? And then so from there, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I never thought I would get this far, you know? So let's do it. Let, let, let's go professional let's see if we can make it to the ufc let's just and every stage that i've been to i've just gone a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further and it's kind of like there's this mountain you're walking up and you can go up step by step by step and you turn around and you look back and you're like wow i can't i can't i forget about when i was way down there right you know i forget about when i was the kid that ran like a five second 40 yard dash and was just like i'm slow i'm a loser i'm just always going to be a loser you know like that that was me um and that now and now i'm yeah. the guy that like hates that personality trait you know like don't 
don't sit there and feel sorry for yourself because at the end of the day, you can control where you're at. You can control where your life is. And that's something, once you take that ownership of where you're at, because we control 100% of everything that's around us. We control, we, not around us, we control 100% of our actions, right? Can't control the things around you. I heard this quote really the other day, and I thought it was really good, is you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't change the people who, who uh, the people around me. I can't change you from being you. Right. If you are a shitty person, I can't make you not be a shitty person. Right. But I can surround myself with better people. Right. You, you can stop surrounding yourself with that shitty type person. <laughs> yeah. And um, change, and change your circle of people versus change exactly. the people in your circle. Yeah. Um. So that's where uh, the big change had come in, and that's why I, I think the Marine Corps for sure, when I tell people that I got way more from the Marine Corps than I ever was able to give back, is the Marine Corps gave me that. Because I like literally look back sometimes and think about, had I never joined the Marine Corps, had I never gone to war, had I never done what I did, what would I be doing with my life now? I'm 100% positive I wouldn't be fighting in mixed martial arts. Wow. I wouldn't have the balls to do it. One, I wouldn't have the balls to do it. And now it's like, it's my passion, you know? And then I'm like, what would I have done? I'd probably be fat. I'd probably be fat. <laughs> I'd probably be soft. <laughs> probably have man boobs. Probably be just working some lame ass nine to five. Cause I was horrible in high school. I was horrible going through school. I didn't want to go to school. I wouldn't have had, I don't know. I just think about like, I wonder what, God, you know, like, uh, those movies where people people go back and they change something, something and something crazy yeah. happens. I'm like, man, if I went back and Hot I hadn't joined the Marine machine. Corps, yeah, <laughs> if I had if I hadn't joined the Marine Corps, I wonder what kind of fucking what would I be doing with my life at thirty? I'm about to be thirty, you know, and all the things that I've done in my life from the deployments, the combat, right. Afghanistan to uh, the friendships that I have, the people that I met, the adventures that we've had, the stories that I have through the Marine Corps and through fighting. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. So, out of all of that fun stuff, and I'm gonna kind of go back a little bit. Is it, what do you What do you think is like your your biggest failure? The hurdle that you cross that you're like, I can't, I can't believe, I can't, I can't believe that it didn't turn out the way that I expected to. But I'm glad that it didn't. It didn't turn out the way I expected to, but I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You know, because I think about that all the time. Throughout my my um, Marine Corps career, there's been a lot of things that have happened, or not my Marine Corps, my my fighting career. There's been a lot of things that happened where I'm angry. Like, why wasn't it me? Why didn't I get the shot? Like, and I look back and I'm like, fuck. That's so glad. I'm so glad that that happened. And I'll think of a few. I was telling. All right, so um, we just need one, man. I'll, I'll, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you a couple though. All right, right? that's cool. So um, I'll give you my most recent one, right? Cool. And this is relevant because it's been within the last six months. All right. Um, so I was ten and zero, right? I was ten and zero as a pro, and I was fought the guy that was ranked number one, mm -hmm. right? And I knew because I had already fought on. Um, Dana White's contender series, right? I had fought in front of Dana White. Dana White was right there. And that was another moment where I had fought. I won the fight, but I didn't get selected to be in the UFC. They didn't pick me and sign me with the contract. And I was like, I was disappointed then. But I, um, thinking back, 
to my skill level where I was at then, I wasn't ready to consistently fight the guys in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To where I am now. Yeah. A lot of guys spend years and years and years trying to get to the UFC. And when they get in, they're out and they're gone within six months to a year because they can't swim. You know, they, they can't survive in there. It's the best fighters in the world. The best fighters in the world fight there. They're all killers. And if you're not ready for that, then you shouldn't be there because it'll be in and out and over before you before you even, even realize you were there. Even get to buy a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll be <laughs> over and done with real quick. Um, and so I was upset that I wasn't selected there, right? And I just kept working and kept working. And um, specifically... In that fight where I fought, like, so I had a shoulder injury and uh, I was pissed off about the shoulder injury and I was upset. And I, I went in that fight thinking, hey, I'm probably going to lose this fight because I, my shoulder's injured, right? I had a torn labrum. I had to have surgery on it afterwards. Um, so I had the injury and it was one of those moments where I was like, God, why did this happen to happen to me? But in that fight, like, I had knocked out a lot of people early in my career and I had had a lot of success. In that fight, that was the first time where I had to, like, check myself. Right at the very beginning of the fight, because that taken down, my shoulder was about to pop out. I could feel it. It was two weeks before the fight. My shoulder popped out of socket completely. And I couldn't – 10 days before the fight, I could barely throw a jab with my left arm. I couldn't wrestle. I couldn't do anything. And uh, the thing that I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad well, – obviously, I'm glad that I won. It would be I probably wouldn't be glad that it happened if I had not won. But I'm glad that it happened because – for the first time in my MMA career, it made me had to it made me have to dig, you know, because mm -hmm. there was a time in that fight when I was literally just like, look, we knew this was gonna happen. I gave it my best shot. I could just I could just tap out right now, and I could hold my head high and be like, well, I fought with a torn shoulder. But I was like, no, don't go out like that. Don't go out like a pussy. Get up. If you're gonna go out, go out. You know. Right. And so I got up and I won that fight, and that was the first time in an MMA fight where I had to like really check myself and be like look like do you are you really about this life are you really going to go through this and i did but fast forwarding to about six months ago i was 10 and 0 i had already fought on there which means my i know that they're already looking at me the ufc is already looking at me they're always think they're they're already thinking of me as a candidate to get into the ufc i'm already a prospect i'm 10 and 0 i'm the only guy in the country with a 10 and 0 record where everybody i fought had a winning record you know like everything is on point I'm getting ready to fight this guy, James, James Nakashima. And I lose. And I lose that fight. It was my first loss. And I was angry and I was upset. And I was like, damn, I was this close. Like, if I had won, I for sure would have gotten in because I would have been a world champion, the LFA world champion. I would have got in. And it was just like, you know, at first I was angry. But um, I'm a pretty positive person. But looking back now, I even talked to my coach about it. I was like, that loss was great for me because it allowed me to uh, I reached out to James, who beat me, and uh, I was like, hey, would you be willing to let me come and train with you? And he dominated the fight, man. Like, it wasn't close. Um, <laughs> like, positionally, he dominated that whole fight. And um, he's like, yeah, man, I'd love to train with you. So I wanted to go train with him, and um, I joined the team. And the things that I've learned since then, and not just from him, but from the rest of the teammates and from the rest of the guys that are there, the things that I've learned from those guys, I have gotten so much better it's kind of like how i said how i didn't get selected to go to the ufc the first time i fought on the contender series right right, right in front of dana white with him right next to the cage i didn't get selected at the time i was like shit man like i was heartbroken right at the time when i lost my fight my lot the only fight that i've lost i was like damn man that could be it you know but now i look at where i'm at now and how much better i've gotten 
and uh the fact that we're teammates now i think and that's, it's that's like a, that's a big that's that a big deal is, and I, I told my coaches like dude that was probably the best thing to happen to me because there were so many holes in my game that he showed me that he showed me yeah. these are holes in your game and so for me in my head the way that i think about that i talk about ownership knowing yep. your, know, know yourself and seek self-improvement was something i heard in the marine corps it's some sort of motivational leadership trait or something <laughs> but i that stuck with me know yourself and seek self-improvement like i knew where i had flaws and so i reached out to him i reached out to the coach over at the lab john crouch and i was like hey can i come over and train with you guys and I went over there, and I've gotten so much better since I've been over there. I, I've, I'm, I'm fixing those holes in my game and adding more tools. Right. And um, that's not easy to do. No. That's not easy to reach out to the guy who just whooped your ass. No, but I'm, I'm like, uh, that's how I am. Like, I don't take anything like that personally. At the end of the day, it's fighting. But, like, I think that's huge. Being humble is, is – if you're a humble person, it'll get you so much further than being, uh, being driven by ego. Um, uh I heard a quote, it was like, ego and insecurity are best friends. Where you find one, you'll find another one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Humility and confidence are best friends. Where you find one, you'll find the other one. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I'm not the baddest man on the planet. And there's a lot of dudes out there that are better than me, you know? Um, but, yeah, people always, oh, that's really cool that you reached out to him. I think that was really cool that he, you know, I just fought him, you know? Right. And so he let me, he gave me the blessing, let me join the team, and I started training with them. And, but yeah, like you said, like that was, that's probably the biggest thing where I'm like, at this time in my life, I wanted this more than anything. Like I was, I was crying before the fight. I was all emotional. They're interviewing me and I was just like, this is it. This is my moment. I was meant to be here. My friends still make fun of me. They're like, Hey Kyle, remember that time you were on national TV and you started crying? And I'm just like, oh. you guys are assholes, man. I was emotional, man. And, and it was, it was yeah. a fight in front of the troops. So there was like so many people there. And I was like, in my head, I was like. I was meant to. I was meant to win this fight. I was meant to win that belt, and now I'm going to go to the UFC, you know. And then I lost, and I didn't just lose. Like I got dominated, you know. It's not just like, and it wasn't like a fluke knockout or anything. It was just position for position. I lost that entire fight, and um, now looking back, I'm like, you know what? That was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. One, because now I get to train with them, and now we're teammates, and now I'm teammates with all the guys over there, and it showed me where i need to improve and yeah. now i get to train with the coach that coached against me right you know what i'm saying yeah so like the, I, and i agree there's a lot of things i like that you brought that up because there are a lot of things that happen in life where when they happen you're like fuck like this is the worst thing that could have happened a breakup he, another example you break up with your girlfriend you get a divorce from your wife like at the time you're like this is miserable this is horrible you know but um you meet someone else, you move on, you, you something gets better. When we talk about, I mean, that that's a huge, huge difference to be able to go from from losing a fight and, and being comfortable with saying, you know, I, I see a weakness and I, and I need to adjust for it. And I'm, and I'm going to look to the guys that, that showed that to me to help me through it. I'm assuming that through your training, you run into those days where, you lose the focus of what you're working towards and why you're working towards it. You, you get frustrated because you're, you're not able to, to, to accomplish something during that training session or during that. What kinds of things do you do to get yourself mentally back in the game? For me, I would say there's a lot of struggles in where I'm at right now. Um, you know, it's so crazy. Uh, all the guys that make it to the UFC or whatever, you go from, like, 
me with the money that I make from fighting because I just train full time. I train every day, all day, Monday through Friday, Saturday mornings. And uh, so it takes up all my time. I have no social life. I have no, I don't have hardly any money because the money that I get from fighting is just enough to make it three months later. I'm talking like, and I get paid more than most other guys because mm-hmm. I sell a lot of tickets. I have a lot of sponsors. I get, you know. Yep. So in a fight, if I make eight, four, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars, eight thousand dollars tops, you got to make that seven grand last four months with bills, with freaking eight hundred dollars a month and and rent, utilities, and payments and yada yada. So that's where it just sucks. Is where like you feel like you're always broke. Like you feel like you're always broke and you never have time and you never have. Uh, so what do you do to, to get yourself through that? I mean, because I, I mean, that's the number one thing that people fight about is money. So how how do you and how do you stop just, fighting with yourself? I just remember yourself? that that's like that is the adversity. You know what I'm saying when I talk about overcoming mm-hmm. adversity earlier. Um, that that's what it is. That it, it takes a lot to get to that level. It takes a lot. You know, it's so crazy because when people see the Conor McGregor, the whatever UFC star you want to talk about, like right. that person was once in the day in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Right. Before any, before the 20 million Instagram followers, <laughs> before all of that, that person right. was in the struggle. That person, Conor was on welfare. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's where I just where I go. Look, I can think back to that saying when I talk about that 18 year old kid that was a loser. So right now it may suck, but I'll look back at where I'm at now. But hey, remember when I was broke and had no money and no time and no friends and no, you know, but I was on my grind and I was in the gym every day and that's all I cared about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where I just like, you know, it's, uh, someday it'll get better. I just have to keep showing up every day to keep, keep showing up and keep moving forward. That's really it. So I think that's important. To, um, and I'm, I'm going to summarize that, but I think the important part, or important message around that is just just keep putting in the work. You may not feel like it, so what? You, you you may feel like you're not making the progress you want to do. Just keep working at it. Because you know what my coach my coach said this to me. Sorry, I don't. Mean no, to go ahead, man. My coach said this to me, and I was like, after a really shitty day of practice, and I was just like, you know, I was losing, and um, he goes, you know, those little ugly little brown rusty pennies with like a piece of gum on it you know what i'm saying and i was like yeah he's like well they'll spend just as much as a shiny brand new penny they're worth the same and uh he told me that and he's like so you're in here it may not have been the best day but you put your one penny into the bank and if you come in here two three times a day you put your pennies in two three times a day and you spend every single day here and you spend all this time eventually that all adds up Right, and that was something that I was like, "Wow!" It's like, "What are you like, Mr. Miyagi or something with these sweet little?" <laughs> so yeah, he he told me that that's something that that I think about is just at the end of the day, uh, it's effort, it's consistent effort, it's hard work, it's not talent. Talent gets you nowhere. I know a lot of fighters who are far more far more talented than me, way more talented than me. There's 15 dudes I can name off the top of my head that when I started. If they would still be going like I am, they'd be, they'd all be in the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. But this wasn't their number one priority. This wasn't the only thing that they were thinking about. They had other things that they put in front of it. It, it, 
And that's where I go, you know what? How did I, how am I 11 and one right now? Cause I still remember that loser. I remember that 18 year old loser. I was right. like, how the fuck did I get to this record that I have? How have I done what I've done and been where I've been and fought the people that I fought? How have I done this? Cause I'm, I still think of myself sometimes as that 18 year old loser. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I heard another quote one time. Uh, I think about quotes all the time. That's all it's right. like, uh, sometimes, you know, what makes me so special is the fact that I don't think I'm special at all. You know what I'm saying? And so I know I have to be in the gym because I know through meeting all these talented fighters that they're just they're just better than me. They're just stronger. They're just bigger. They're just faster. So I just need to spend more time in the gym than them. And I see them taking days off. I see them. I see them wanting things handed to them. I see them wanting things to be given to them. Well, and it's interesting you say that because I don't remember where I heard it or where I saw it, I, but it's talent gives those who have talent the false sense of achievement yeah and so it's almost like you see guys that that pick up things when it comes to mixed martial arts what i'll talk about you see guys that pick up techniques so easily guys that make it guys with the highlight reels and you know guys guys who it comes to naturally they're the easiest to, to give up right and i think it's because they didn't have to work to get it was given to yeah. them naturally whereas somebody who what's that false sense of achievement who, again? who who feels like that loser right who feels like you know i'm that loser but i can do it you know yeah um somebody like that is willing to take that beating because he wasn't you know it's crazy you see some of these guys they call them bullies in mma there's like the bully mentality they're great at beating people up they're great at beating beating people up and when they're beating people up they look amazing but when they get cracked when they hit somebody and that person doesn't go down we just call them, i call them athletes <laughs> you know they hit somebody and that person doesn't quit and that person doesn't go down and that person gets back up they shrink a little bit and when that person starts hitting them they shrink a little more when that person takes them down they shrink a little more and they just continue and they break they're breakable so so kyle um my finishing move, I'm going <laughs> to, is to ask folks on the show, what three things can they share with the listeners and the viewers that will help them be more successful starting as soon as they finish this show? Well, I can for sure give you two things right now off the top of my head. Uh, one is understanding that you control your universe, right? If you're a problem... You take you wherever you go, right? So if you wake up in the morning and one person is an asshole to you, that person's probably an asshole, you know? If you wake up in the morning and 50 people are an asshole to you, you're probably the reason why they're assholes. You're probably the, you're probably the asshole, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, can, you take you wherever you go. You are 100% responsible for where you are right now in your life, right? Um, the other one is someone else's success has nothing to do with your success, right? Putting someone else down does not build you up, you know? Mm -hmm. So remind me to go back to that, but I'm going back to the first one. Mm -hmm. So you take you with you wherever you go. You are 100% responsible for where you are. You can't control where you're at in life. You can't control the things that happen to you in life. And I'll give you a perfect example. And he probably won't be using this, but a guy that really inspires me, one of my buddies who was a Marine, he was a scout sniper, stud, absolutely stud human being. He was a double amputee. He lost both of his legs when we were in Afghanistan. And he was a stud Marine. Like, the meritoriously promoted Marine Corps scout sniper. He was one of the best dudes. Like, the picture, picture perfect United States Marine. And um, 
ran a 300 PFT physical fitness test, super intelligent. If you know that snipers are a special type of human being, they are a very special type of they're, they're uncommon amongst uncommon people, right? Marines, yeah. combatants, they're like, and as far as the infantry goes, they're like the most dialed in anal, uh, they everything needs to be perfect right mm -hmm. and um he was a great marine and i remember the day he got hit him being uh flown out and um a lot of people get out of the military and the first uh, they all oh i was hurt in the military i was you know i was this i was you know he has no legs he has two prosthetic legs and he lives in tempe well, he, he actually moved out of Tempe, but him and I still stayed in touch. And I used to give him boxing lessons, hold mitts for him and whatnot. And he flips houses. He, I went to his house, and he's at his house. I go in. He's on two legs, climbing a ladder, two prosthetic legs, like climbing a ladder, <laughs> taking down ceiling fans, ripping yeah. out bathtubs, tearing down walls. He's doing all of this with no legs. As a double amputee. As a double amputee. And that's something that I always tell myself is like, look, he can't control that that happened to him, but he's still a successful human being. And what he's doing, how he's making money, he's doing with his career, and he's, he's got a girlfriend, and I'm, they're, they're really happy together. But that's a perfect example of somebody who... Controlling how he reacts. Controls to... how he reacts, right? Yeah. You can't control what happened, but he can control how he reacts, right? Another thing that I would say for successful people is, and this is something that I'm most guilty of, is point especially when it comes to women or to MMA like women's MMA it's so much easier to make it to the UFC when you're a woman and and this and that you know I've said that before and I'm like well you know it doesn't matter somebody else's success has nothing to do with your success you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so, somebody else's greatness doesn't hinder your greatness right so I can sit around and say I can sit around and say well oh it must be easy to get this when you were you know it was a lot easier your, your road was easier you know and in some cases it might be true not everybody travels the same path you know what i'm saying right. um but just because uh, here's path an example way, yeah. in the military you have different people that get promoted certain mos's certain jobs they get promoted way faster than other jobs and it's like well it must be easy getting promoted when you're an underwater basket weaver and i'm a machine gunner i'll, I'll be like if i ever get promoted you know mm -hmm. But you'll never be successful sitting there pointing out how someone else had it easier. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so those are two things. Oh, understand that you control yourself, which is which is a great thing. That's, yeah. The um, other one is someone else's success does not hinder your success. Yeah. What's the, your third the, one, man? I can't. Dig I deep. Dig deep. I don't know if I can think of a third one. Um, those. Huh, I know for sure those two are things that I have to I have to think about. Uh, all the time. Oh, here's another one. I'll See, I knew one. I knew you had one in there. Know yourself and seek self improvement. Know where yeah. you're at. Understand. That's part of like knowing that you control your situation. Know yourself and seek self improvement. Know where you're at. Know where your weaknesses are. Know where your faults are and try and improve those. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't willing to be honest with their faults. That's where making mistakes. That's where. 
people that make mistakes and blame others, if you blame others, you're not willing to know yourself or seek self-improvement. If you're saying, well, they have it easier, that's why it just sucks for me. Because you're, you're spending so much time worrying about others, you're not thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about how you can improve yourself, right? Know yourself and seek self-improvement. That was like when I was talking to you earlier about um, uh, my opponent, James, that I fought. Mm -hmm. I knew he was better than me and I wanted to get better, right? I could, I could sit around and make up excuses. At the end of the day, he whooped my butt. He whooped my butt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to get better. And I've addressed that. And I've gotten better. And I've gotten better. And I get better every day. And that's with anything in life. Like, you can sit around and say, someone had it easier. You can sit around and uh, um, blame others. I, I just don't, I don't feel like that's a way to be successful in life. Um, I, think you, I think you bring up a good point. Is it, the, if, you, if you know yourself and you understand what it is that you need to work on that that helps you to that next point of of being able to understand that other successes have nothing to do with you yeah. because you start to look internally and then you you also start to look at when you start to do that you go oh crap that 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 thing that happened that i blamed you know john for or yeah. whoever for that has nothing to do with them. That's totally me. Yeah. So, so you start to kind of go through those three things. You know, and another example is, um, you know, I complain about how certain fighters and my personal certain fighters get 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 notoriety faster or whatever. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's that's taking my future, that's taking my destiny, and putting it and holding on to the idea that it puts it in somebody else's hands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How can you ever be how can you ever truly be great on your own if you're relying on somebody else to give it to you? You gotta take it. You know what I'm saying? And that's where I think maximum ownership and taking uh and understanding that you are one hundred percent responsible. So if you're failing, life isn't what happens to you, it's what yeah, it's how you react to it, you know? Yeah. Oh good. Well, Kyle, I appreciate <clears throat> I appreciate you joining us. Um what is the best way for people to reach out to you um my instagram trying to boost those instagram followers is kyle k-y-l-e underscore stewart s-t-e-w-a-r-t and then zero three three one what is zero three three one i was a oh three thirty one in the marine corps that's oh, a, there we go that's a machine gunner so kyle underscore stewart zero three three one so anybody that wants to follow me that's where, that's where I'm at if you want to find Good me. Deal. And we'll go ahead and put in the show notes all the different ways to, to find Kyle. We'll put information about his upcoming fight and a handful of other things to, to get to know Kyle a little bit more. And uh, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, bro. This episode is brought to you by Citizen CBD, a premier manufacturer of high-quality hemp-based CBD products. They're passionate about veterans experiencing PTSD, cancer, and other serious health issues. Grant Carstensen found himself among one in eight veterans affected by PTSD, unable to idly stand by and watch countless others unnecessarily suffer from the same fate. Grant took his painful experience with PTSD and transformed it into the positive movement of hope that is now citizen. Use code HUFF 25 huff 25 at checkout and receive 25% off your complete order of great CBD products. Again, that code is 
H-U-F-F-2-5 for 25% off your order at citizencbd.com. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.